The suit is black, paws not. Welcome to Quarantinema, aka Quarantinema, aka Quarantine Enema, the only show where we don't know how to say the name of the podcast. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, so let me just lead off by saying that we're doing Borat today, and I'm going to keep me doing the voice to an absolute minimum. Um, <laughs> just for the, for the for good for the sake of the podcast and everybody listening. Uh, I'm I, I don't want to butcher any of the jokes and because of that maybe some of the stuff won't come off as funny or maybe it'll, uh, you know I'm doing you guys a favor by keeping you know keeping the accent to a minimum uh, but anywho uh, thank you all for listening today is Friday May 22nd uh, we're a little late getting this episode out so I apologize for that but it's okay because the reason uh, it's late is that yesterday I was able to go golfing again, got my first two pars of the year, and afterwards I was able to see some friends from a safe distance, naturally. Uh, didn't get home till around midnight or so, and I just, you know what, to be honest with you, I just didn't have time to record it and edit it, and the, like the whole process usually takes about hour, hour and a half, depending on how long uh, the episode is and how shitty I do recording said episode, uh, so that... I, you know, I just need to cut out a bunch of stuff uh, sometimes, so I just didn't have the time to put it out there, so hand up, that's on me. Uh, but you know what? We're past it. We're moving on. Uh, we're going to talk about Borat today. I should refer to it by its real name, though, uh, the real artistic name it was given, uh, which is uh, Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Uh, okay, so this movie it came out in 2006, and... Talk about a movie that <laughs> can only come out once. <laughs> like, it came out at the perfect time uh, for it. You know, it was during, uh, like, the Bush years and, you know, Middle Eastern uh, con- uh, conflict was at an all-time high and uh, all that stuff. And this guy just comes over, uh, comes up with this character. It's an adapted character. I believe uh, Borat's originally from uh, the Ali G show. And he does this mockumentary about just he's taking a tour across the country starts off in New York then he goes into the deep south he ends up in Texas and he ends up in uh he finally ends up in California and just the people he exposes and the things he does like it is Sasha Baron Cohen this is one this might be the best performance in a comedic role I think ever um and it's tough to say because you know the guy like this character's become so just a meme and people have just bludgered this movie to death with bad impressions, which is why I'm not, I'm trying not to do them during the episode. Uh, bad impressions, just, everyone knows a dozen lines from this movie. Uh, and you forget how many, how many funny ones there really are in there, uh, after rewatching it. Uh, but this movie, it's like, Sasha Baron Cohen, it's the fact that it's mockumentary style, and he's basically improving the entire movie. Uh, obviously they're coming up with the premises, uh, you know, him and his writing team, uh, but he's able to react and, just improvise with these people who have no idea what's going on and he stays in character the whole time and that that includes intervening with the police and you know he's going into the hood at some points and there's I mean (laughs) this is it's one of the most ridiculous movies of all time and Sasha Baron Cohen I really feel like doesn't get the credit he deserves from uh, the like the film critics of the world uh, for being as funny at, at, you know it's it, it's tough to think of it as like comedic actors like holding up against like Daniel Day-Lewis and 
I don't know, like Sean Penn and the Tom Hanks of the world and all those guys. But, like, give this guy some credit. Like, this is one of the best movies, not just like, not just comedies, movies of the 21st century. Uh, I feel like a lot of people forget just exactly how huge this movie was when it came out. I remember a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, th- it was the funniest movie of all time. It was something completely, well, it, it's adapted, because, again, the character's originally from the Dell AG show. Uh, but it was just something so, like, fresh and original to see in theaters. Uh, you know, there's... You didn't. It wasn't the frat pack guys who we've talked about a bunch. It wasn't the uh, the Judd Apatow guys who were come, who were starting to make their come up uh, around this time. Uh, it wasn't at an Adam Sandler movie. It wasn't like it was this guy who not a lot of people had ever heard of before, and just completely took the world by storm with an all time character and an all time idea and just flawless execution. Uh, so, earlier I said that uh, this movie can only come out one time. No chance in hell this movie could ever come out in 2020. <laughs> I, I mean, like, we've seen, like, so, Sasha Baron Cohen, like, tried making a career out of this, like, mockumentary, like, creating a character and doing a mockumentary kind of thing. Uh, there was Bruno, and I think The Dictator was that as well. I actually, to be honest with you, I didn't see The Dictator. It just looked god-awful from the first trailer. Uh, and uh, he did his whole Who is America series, on, I think it was on Showtime. Uh, so th- this is kind of like what he's done, it's what he's known for now. Uh, but, you know, the joke's, the joke's kind of over. You know, pe- you know, it's on people's radar now. It's, it was just kind of like a lightning in a bottle uh, type situation. And this movie, it like, okay, so it can't come out in the 20s now, just look at all the jokes that he's making. There's the thing where he, uh, he meets with a group of feminists to discuss... Uh, women in America, and he keeps referring <laughs> he keeps referring to one of the women as an old man, and all the stuff about. I'm again. I'm not going to do the voice. I'm not doing the voice. I, <laughs> I refuse to do it. Uh, but just all the like all the stuff that's just directly offensive to women. Like this movie was made to offend people, and like okay, like there's comedies that. You know, like they have, like they just have that like sense of humor, and, and especially like at a certain time. Like, okay, uh, what, what's a good movie to come up with? Like, um, like okay, Animal House. We talked about Animal House before. Uh, a lot of the jokes in Animal House were very, very funny at the time. A lot of the gigs, the gags that they did were. A lot of people found them very funny at the time, and a lot of people still find them funny. That being said, Animal House came out in 1979, and, or 1978, 79, and. But if Animal House were to come out today, can you imagine how that scene would go over, you know, where Bluto's uh, scaling the side of the sorority house trying to view, uh, you know, being a peeping Tom and, you know, viewing the topless girls and all that stuff. Like, it just, it, it wouldn't work. And there'd be a big uproar about it. This movie would never, no nobody would ever, no studio would back this film. And th- thank God, I, I think it's 20th Century Fox that does it, but they they did it, they got, they got exactly what they wanted out of it, and... You know, hats off to Sasha Baron Cohen. This is a true classic. So over the years, uh, unfortunately, I think that it's lost its luster a little bit. Part of it's just, and I, I mentioned this before, uh, we've it's just been the character and the jokes and the voice and uh, all that stuff. It's just been beaten into the ground, uh, and unfortunately, it's just kind of it's it's the kind of thing where it's like when you see it once, it's the first time you see it rather, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. 
Um, it, one of the funniest things you've ever seen. I remember the first time I saw it, I... I <laughs> Uh, I actually pirated the movie. I was on my parents' home computer. They were out. Uh, I think they went out to dinner one night. I was 2006. I would have been 14. Uh, so I went on the computer and I went on this like... I, I forget the name of the website that I went on. But I, I somehow found the movie online while it was still in theaters. Uh, and the following Monday I came into school and I was just like, Hey guys, I saw Borat. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and... Uh, but like I just I, I was laughing uncontrollably the first time I saw this by myself uh, like, I, like I said I saw I watched it by myself in my den home alone and you know it's just it's just one of those things like you'll never forget the first time you see this movie especially back in 2006 when it was such you know this was one of the biggest movies in the world just to illustrate how big of a movie it was so I was actually really surprised about this part it had an 18 million dollar budget uh, estimated. I'm not sure where it all went. Uh, obviously, travel costs, um, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, his fee, but actually I bet a lot of that ended up being legal fees. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, and I'll get more into that in the Did You Knows. Uh, and on opening weekend, it made $26 million, and that was with a lot of hype uh, going into it, uh, especially for an R-rated comedy starring someone that a lot of people have never heard of before. I feel like a lot of American audiences would have most recognized him uh, from Talladega Nights uh, at this point. Or, or if you watched the Ali G show, I know I, I hadn't at the time. I, I don't think we had HBO back then. Um, but, yeah, so Slasher Baron Cohen, it's this guy just making a mockumentary, and it got, it got great reviews. Uh, it was nearly universally praised when it came out, uh, and it got that 18... Uh, that $26 million opening weekend, it goes on to gross $128 domestically. So it kept up that pace for a very long time. So so this was one of those movies that, uh, you know, people went to go see it again. Uh, a lot of people, you know, word of mouth was huge uh, for this kind of thing. I, I know, like, in my friend circle, uh, and this was, like, when Internet piracy was, uh, like, we're all, we were all kind of starting to figure out, like, how to do it. Um but yeah, and it ends up grossing 262 million worldwide, and all of this off this just such a simple concept. Just we're gonna take this guy from Kazakhstan and we're gonna make him go to America, and it's just this. Oh my God, it's just ridiculous. I I, I can't I can't I, I don't remember the last time a comedy came out that was this universally praised, and everyone was like, you need to drop what you're doing and go see this. And then became the cultural phenomenon that it was. I'm, I have to say, maybe like bridesmaids, or something. But like even that, like that didn't even come close to to this. I mean, I know it ended up getting like Oscar nominations and all that stuff. But uh, I mean, more recently, maybe like Jojo Rabbit. But that's not a traditional comedy per se. It's definitely a comedy. It's definitely a very funny comedy and one of the best to come out um, in the last decade or so. But no, I can't. I I honestly can't remember a time where a comedy was had received this as much hype as Borat did. And even today, like you still see people making fun of it. You see, uh, you know, the neon green thong is still a popular Halloween costume. And I, I don't know. This is it, it's con it's constantly quoted a lot of and uh, you know with uh, Make America Great Again and all that stuff. Like we're seeing a lot of the uh, those types of people are the subjects of this movie that he's making fun of so some of those have gone re-viral uh, recently okay one there's one scene in particular I want to dive into a little bit I again I'm not gonna go see my scene just break stuff down and try and do the voice I'm just 
I'm, I'm only going to hurt myself uh, at that point. At that point. Um, so one scene I wanted to break down was the uh, when Borat near the end of the movie when Borat proposes to Pamela Anderson. Um, and again, this is one that wouldn't fly today, but it came out when it did, and we're very grateful for that. Um, so. If, all right, so if you haven't seen the movie Borat, uh, he makes once he gets to America, he sees uh, Baywatch on TV uh, for the first time, and he falls in love with Pamela Anderson, and he changes his travel plans so that he wants to drive across the country to California uh, and marry CJ, aka Pamela Anderson. And uh, he gets to when he gets to California, he finds out she's doing a book signing, uh, so he he makes a marriage sack, I believe is what he calls it. Uh, and when he goes up to her to have him sign his book, uh, he just kind of like throws her in the sack, like puts it over her head and tries to like throw her over her shoulder and run away with him. But uh, all the patrons that were in line kind of like hold him down and she's running out of the store and Borat's running out after her and there's security and there's cops and Sasha Baron Cohen stays in character the whole time. It's absolutely amazing that this guy, like the commitment this guy has to this character. And so uh, a lot of the discussion about the movie, like this was a big scene uh, that a lot of people talked about in the movie uh, when it was coming out, and it's kind of carried on for a couple years as things start to trickle out about it. Uh, but in 2019, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen finally did an, inter uh, an interview talking about it, and he confirmed that uh, Pamela Anderson was, in fact, in on the joke, which uh, there's been a lot of different reports. You know, she, he said that she's not... You know, she wasn't in on it, and it was real. And she, even she said, like, no, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, or, or, And she said she's in on it, too. But so, like, just conflicting reports left and right. And then Sasha Baron Cohen finally confirmed uh, in 2019 that uh, they were both in on it. Uh, and not only were they both in on it, but they actually filmed two different takes of it. All right, so in the article, he states that, uh, quote, we did that scene twice, actually. Uh, the first time we did it... Uh, at a book signing and I grabbed her over my shoulder and ran out with her and nobody did anything. I was like, what kind of fans are these? Uh, the second take drew more of a reaction, but Anderson was accidentally injured in, sh in the ensuing struggle, losing a bit of bone in her jaw as a result from fans trying to shut to stop Borat from kidnapping her. And the follow-up to this, well, first of all, I, I think, I just think it's funny that this guy was able to like take her out of the store and nobody cared, <laughs> especially at an event for her fans. Uh, but the other thing, um, following up on this, so after the movie came out, apparently Kid Rock, who was her husband at the time, didn't know about it. Uh, she didn't know that she was in on the movie, or I don't know, but but apparently Kid Rock was so mad that he ended up divorcing her, <laughs> uh, saying that this reason was one of the reasons why. I can't imagine why level-headed, aspiring politician Kid Rock would get upset over something like this, but... I don't know, I just thought that was a little funny anecdote. And so I, I won't go, I don't want to go into like one more particular scene here, but just, uh, I love, one of the things that I love about this movie is the first like five minutes or so where they kind of set the world of Kazakhstan uh, and the village that he comes from. And, you know, uh, he, you know, he's making out with his sister and she's got a little trophy for being the number four prostitute in all of Kazakhstan. Uh, he has this rivalry with his neighbor, you know, uh, so I'm not doing the voice, but I'll I'll redo that one. Uh, it's, I get a window for my glass, he gets a window for my glass. I get a step, he gets a step. I got a clock radio, he can't afford it. <laughs> Just stuff like that. Like, little stuff like that. They did such a good job. Uh, and, oh, and, of course, the running of the Jews. Uh, 
very very funny scene. <laughs> uh, and you know, it lays the egg, and uh, they all the kids have to you know break the egg before it hatches and stuff like that. Just an absolutely hysterical uh, opening to the scene to really sets the tone for exactly what kind of a movie we're getting ourselves into. Okay, so I want to get into the did you knows here, and I got a couple for you. And I think this episode's going to be a little short, just because, again, I don't want to just go scene by scene. And it was like, remember when he said this? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so leading off the did you knows. The police were called on Sacha Baron Cohen 92 times during production of this film. Uh, So we kind of alluded to this one earlier. Uh, I don't know how many times he was actually arrested. I couldn't find that number. Uh, but getting the police called in 92 times, and obviously, like, there's there isn't 92 scenes in this movie, uh, so he there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor that uh, <laughs> uh, I would really, really like to see. I did read something that um, the FBI at one point was actually uh, tipped off about this guy because uh, they kept receiving calls about a Middle Eastern man driving an ice cream truck. Uh, across the country, and people were concerned about that. Again, this is 2006. Uh, you know, we had both wars going on, and it was it was just one of those time periods in America where this was the kind of thing that might offset some people. And I think that's how he was able to get some of the uh, reactions that he did out of his uh, people he was pranking, particularly the um, oh, who am I thinking of? The guys in New York when they're on the subway for the first time. You know, he get he people are threatening to beat him up and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, that I just I, I always found that amusing, and I'm sure he stayed in character throughout the entire process. So Sasha Baron Cohen needs more credit for uh, all the things he did for this role. He did win a Golden Globe, so glad about that. Oh, and uh, before I, I move on, going back to awards, uh, on the last episode when we talked about Blood Diamond, I mentioned uh, that I think Sasha Baron Cohen actually should have won Best Actor for this uh, for this year. He wasn't nominated. The movie itself was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, the character uh, was adapted from uh, the Ali G show, and I stand by I stand by that take. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is way better than Forrest Whitaker in this. Obviously, no one in hell he's ever actually going to win an Oscar for doing something like this. But I'm I'm standing by my take. Sasha Baron Cohen was the best. Uh, that was the best performance all year that year. Uh, okay, moving on. Johnny Depp, George Clooney, and Steve Martin, all of whom are big fans of Sasha Baron Cohen, contacted him about having a cameo in the movie. However, Baron Cohen refused because it would have ruined some of the gags in the film if they knew what was going on. Hell yes. Hell yes, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sticking to his guns. You know, you know, would it have been funny to see Johnny Depp and George Clooney and Steve Martin, who I honestly don't think is that funny, uh, in a movie like this? Yeah, it would have been great, but at the same time, he knew. It's just like, no, this is a movie about this character and the normal people. It would, like, if George Clooney's, you know, there, it takes away from it a little bit. Like, this makes me think of... I forget if it's uh, one of the Jackass movies or uh, the TV show, but there's an episode where Brad Pitt, um, like, reaches out to him. He's like, hey, I want to do some stuff with you guys. And so they bring him, I think, to, like, Japan and they kidnap him on the street and like they, they toss him in a van and, the, and they just drive off but like it doesn't I, I don't know I don't know it, it just it, it it's funny but like the, it didn't get I don't think it got the reaction that they wanted uh, but yeah no like stuff like this no just keep it 
keep it simple, keep it to your guys, and stick to your guns. I'm really glad that they didn't do this because especially now, comedy, a lot of what comedy is now is just pandering with like celebrity cameos and stuff like that. Like what? Look at a show like SNL now. There are barely anything for the cast members to actually do because every single role is either an old cast member, a current celebrity, or just or just like, hey, we we needed someone for this. Like, uh, who's I forget the name of that guy. He's um he's on the uh, that guy who's like a Supreme Court nominee, and he's got this weird you know, pastor or whatever. So instead of having one of the cast members play him, they just put Matt Damon in there. Matt Damon out of nowhere just comes in and plays this guy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, SNL was, I mean, yeah, they're doing the whole digital like shows from home now thing. Uh, they don't have any cast members that could play Anthony Fauci. They had to get Brad Pitt to do it. And I know that Fauci said that if anyone was ever going to play him in a movie, he said Brad Pitt and like, that was a joke and everything. But just like, they don't use their cast members for anything. It's just cameos and, you know, the old, like, Maya Rudolph's on the show almost every week, it feels like. But, oh, okay, I'm getting off my soapbox. Uh, but I'm, I'm just glad that uh, he didn't use cameos in this movie. Okay, and uh, third, did you know, this one I thought was really interesting. <laughs> uh, okay, at a shooting event in Kuwait, shooting like uh, the like Olympic shooting, the sport, uh, at a shooting event in Kuwait where Kazakh shooter Maria Dimitrico uh, won the gold medal uh, the Asian Olympic Committee accidentally played Borat's parody of the Kazakhstan national anthem in the medical in, in the medal ceremony instead of the official national anthem. Kazakh officials heavily protested a rerun of the medal ceremony take place to prevent the same embarrassment from happening at the 2012 London Olympic Games. The Kazakhstan government specifically guided the London Games, the London Games Organizing Committee on the correct national anthem. Since most of the athletes in the Kazakh team are Russians and do not speak Kazakh, they were taught the official national anthem to prevent a repeat of the mistake. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> I think my my favorite uh, gag that they do in the movie is the scene where uh, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, sings the national anthem at a rodeo. Um, but he sings the Kazakhstan national anthem to the tune of the American anthem and the words of the Kazakh anthem are something to the effect of uh, Kazakhstan is number one exporter of potassium all other countries have inferior potassium it's absolutely ridiculous and like when people start booing him and stuff like that the funniest shot in the entire movie is he's you know standing in the middle of the rodeo singing the song he's got his American flag shirt on and then all of a sudden there's uh, a cowboy on top of a horse behind him and the horse just like tips over and the guy's like holding this big American flag and he falls off the horse and it just cuts right to a new scene. <laughs> Absolutely fucking hysterical. And the fact that uh, that <laughs> uh, the Kazakhstan anthem was actually played at an Olympic event blows my mind. You know, it just shows how stupid people can be sometimes. Maybe some, maybe like the, I, you know, I used to work in a stadium where, you know, I was, I was uh, in the control booth with like the music and the video board and stuff like that. And there were times where, yeah, like I'd play a song that like only I knew it was funny, uh, so I was doing it for my own amusement. And I, I really hope that someone was just doing this, uh, you know, doing this for one of theirs, because that would, that's just absolutely incredible. That's absolutely hysterical. Uh, but <laughs> I just love when like little dinky comedies like this can make such like a global impact in politics. Like, do, uh, 
we all remember the interview a couple years ago. We mentioned it a, a few episodes ago. That like North like North Korea like hacked like the CIA or something crazy like that. I, I don't know. It was nuts. Uh, just like all because of like this Seth Rogen James Franco movie that was coming out. But I man, I just I, I love that scene. I love that song. That's like it perfectly embodies what the movie was and just like the particular brain of humor that Sasha Baron Cohen brought to the character. Well, on that note, we're gonna rank this movie. And this one's a little tough because the first time I saw it, it's, you know, it shoots to top of my list as funniest movies I've ever seen. Uh, but as time goes on, it just kind of has worn itself down a little bit over the years. We're just a little too much Borat saturation. Uh, so I'm going to give this a respectful four out of five hazmats. Uh, maybe a little higher. I was leaning three and a half. Didn't want to say four and a half, five, just because of how it aged. Uh, but we're, we're sticking with four. And I would definitely recommend we all watch this movie again. Uh, if you know, if you're not doing anything during quarantine, it's short too. I th- it's only 90 minutes, I believe. So it's it's nice, it's quick. The movie it goes really fast, and you know it's good for you know a bunch of laughs. So uh, if you find yourself being bored at home, which I know we all are, uh, just go watch Borat. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, I just want to thank everyone uh, for listening. Uh, this. Whole project is we're we're get I'm I'm excited we're getting near the end of I I so uh, I have four shelves of DVDs and it contains uh, about 150 movies total and we're almost near the end of my first shelf so uh, part of me is also just like oh shit we have a lot of movies left to do uh, but at the same time it's kind of cool to see you know how far we've come so thank you all uh, who've been listening uh, and thank you all for the kind words uh, we I really appreciate it so on that note. Uh, it is very nice outside this weekend. I hope everyone is, you know, go outside, but try and stay safe. Uh, don't do anything stupid. We're we're starting to get back. Not we're not anywhere near normal yet, but just don't do anything stupid so that we don't have to go back to the, what it was like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I just hope everyone has a safe weekend. Uh, happy Memorial Day to everyone. It's the unofficial kickoff to summer. Uh, but hey, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.